Unfortunately, the clock has struck midnight and the impressive Cinderella season has ended for the Houston Texans. Cody and I discuss what led to their loss and looking back on a great season. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 Texans fans across the nation to this Sunday's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If this is your first time, unfortunately, your first time being not the victory Sunday that we want here on the Locked On Texans podcast, but if this is your first time, thank you for stopping by. Please subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked on Texas podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And thank you to all of our returning faithful listeners as uh, we continue to talk Texas here on the Locked on Texas podcast. I'm your Texans football analyst, John, some sports guy, Hickman, and all the way in B-more, Baltimore right now, Sports Illustrated's own credential media member for the Houston Texans, Cody Davis on the other side, right? This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the most qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today, we are looking at looking back on a great season for the Houston Texans. And I think that's important to highlight uh, in a moment like this. What went wrong on the offensive side of the ball that led to the Houston Texans offense only putting up three points? We know seven was from the special teams play from Stephen Sims. And then we look at, uh, you know, too much action Jackson. Lamar Jackson, the presumed MVP of the league, just had an amazing game for the for, for that Baltimore Ravens uh, offense. But I want to open up with this. By no means should anybody be disappointed. By no means should any Texans fan get the, you know, the blame game and pointing fingers. Guys, a lot of people did not expect this team to be in a divisional game, hmm. to be the division champs to win a playoff game, the expectations for this team was really in the dirt, guys, right? A lot of people was looking ahead to maybe 2025. We've seen some of the most the crazy the Texas would regret drafting CJ. We've seen a lot of these. The worst takes I think we've seen in a very long time that uh, center around the Houston Texans. So as we talk about Lamar Jackson, who had a, a, a dominant day, and I think, you know, opened it up with what happened with the defense is important. As we talk about a lot of these things, guys, just understand that the only way is up from here. Now, we look at Action Jackson too much. Lamar Jackson, he had a phenomenal game against the Houston Texans, specifically the second half, where uh, he threw the ball for 152 yards, two TDs. But it really 
hurt the Houston Texans on the ground. The Texans allowed 229 on the ground. Lamar Jackson accounted for 100 of those yards and the two TDs, along with uh, 14, they ran for 5.5 yards per carry. Lamar Jackson ran for 9.1 yards per carry. So every time he took off with the ball, uh, he's basically rushing for a first down. The Texans had a very difficult time containing that rushing attack, and it showed. However, they was able to get after Lamar Jackson three times with three sacks. Just a rough day overall for that Texas defense. And, again, I definitely want to look at it was difficult for them in that second half. But, Cody, too much action, Jackson. Let's talk about it. Coach D'Amico Ryan said it best after the game. This is why he is going to be this league's MVP for the second time in his career. And, John, this is something that I have been talking about a lot on this show. Um, I talked about it a lot on the crossover show that we did. And I just kept going back to, yes, I believe that this team could win. I believe that this team could shock the world. However, I just kept looking at Lamar Jackson. I'm just thinking to myself, there is no way you can contain him. And one of the things that I kept going back to is, look, the Texans throughout this entire season, especially in the second half, they did a really good job at, at getting after quarterbacks. You saw what they did in week three against um, Trevor Lawrence. You saw what they did in Cincy against Joe Burrow. You saw what they did against Kyler Murray, another one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the league today, even though he was coming off, I believe, his second, maybe third game of the season after his injury. Like, it was always one of the top priorities is collapse the pocket and get after the quarterback. However, <laughs> when you look at Lamar Jackson, it was like, I just kept going back to if you collapse the pocket, he could use his legs to beat you. And that's exactly what he did, especially in the first half. I believe he had finished the first half with, I want to say, 50 or 55 yards. And look, the Texans did a good job still trying to get after the quarterback. But it's not the fact that he he's able to escape the pocket, but he shows so shifty, so fast to the point there was a play. I believe this took place in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken, where Jonathan Grenard and Sheldon Rankins did a very good job at getting to him. But it resulted in two missed tackles, even though, unfortunately, I think it was Blake Cashman, if I'm not mistaken, who ended up getting that tackle, it, and, and it ended up being a game for one for Lamar Jackson, but that play alone showcase why Lamar Jackson is one of, if not the most difficult quarterback to game plan against, especially for a team like the Houston Texans, who their front four, their front seven, it's been their bread and butter through this entire season of getting after the quarterback. I mean, hell, they set a franchise record in sacks. Now, look, I get it. They did a good job in, in getting three sacks on him, but it was literally just too much Lamar Jackson, especially in the second yeah. half. Coach D'Amico Ryan's yeah. talked about that as well, and that's basically what this game came down to. I mean, John, think about it. If you if you just take away the 100 yards that Lamar Jackson um, uh, recorded on the ground, you're looking at a situation where the Texans would have held Baltimore to 119 on the ground with their leader rushing being Justin Hill for 66 yards. That's looking like a situation where you can honestly say, man, the Texans probably would have – if not won this game, but have been a lot more competitive. But 
man, Lamar Jackson, man, <laughs> put it like this. In the next two to three years, I feel like an opposing team going to be talking about CJ in the same light. <laughs> no, I think so. Not even two to three years. I think by next year, we, we've had teams, honestly, probably have to think about CJ in that light this year. But I think when I look at that Texans defense, man, first and foremost, hats off to those guys. Right, I'm putting my hat on mm-hmm. for those of you who are not watching that are listening. I'm taking my hats off. Because mm. I thought in that first half, that defense did everything in their power yeah, to give did. this Texans team a shot. They held. Remember going back to the keys, and I gave you guys, like, okay, this needs to happen. The Texans need to do this. Because if you don't do this, you're looking at a Baltimore Raven team that at home this year, they're scoring 16 points, an average of 16 points in the second half. So it was important for the Houston Texans offense to get out, be aggressive, and put points on the board. The Texas defense held that Baltimore team to 10 points. Hmm. And this Baltimore Raven team, uh, you know, by, by the way, the Texans allow 11.2 points in the second half of games this year. Uh, this Baltimore Raven team was one of the highest scoring offenses in the league, and they held them to 10 points. And with them holding them to 10 points, you saw a team kind of – I think have a little, little swagger defensively going into halftime, right? Uh, getting after Lamar Jackson, getting him on the ground, figuring it all out, taking away, uh, take, taking away some of the things that they like to do offensively, and Christian Harris, of course, that's a guy that I, I can't, hmm. I can't rave about enough his development as a player. What we've seen the last uh, eight weeks of the NFL season, but the Texas defense. We're matching the intensity of the Ravens' defense. And this is the team, number one in takeaways, number one in sacks, you know, number one in this, number one in that. They led in three three major categories. The Ravens were either leading by themselves or tied in the NFL. And so the Texans were matching that intensity. I thought uh, I, I thought that the, the, the front four was playing well. By the way, the Texans, to close out the half, that Texans defense forced three straight three and outs for negative seven yards to close out that first half. And we do got to look at the pressure that was created from a play calling standpoint. D'Amico Ryans and that defense blitzed over 60% of passing plays when in the regular season, they only blitzed 22% of the time. They knew the type of quarterback they were going up against and they had a game plan to try to stop their quarterback in the first half. That game plan worked, and I can't wait to talk to you about why that game plan didn't necessarily work in the second half. Because my goodness, that offense was 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 not was not the greatest. But overall, we're gonna look at the final score in the game, and we're gonna see thirty four points. Right, that's what we're gonna see. But the game for Houston defensively, I thought, was much better than what the final score. Red. The Texans had nine tackles for loss. Again, three sacks, five QB hits, right? One pass deflection. I thought that they gave their team everything they could in that first half. And you got guys like you got guys like Desmond King, who again such a valuable pickup. Blake Cashman in the first half, he was good. Kurt Heinis was good in that first half. John Grenard was 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 good for Houston in, in, in some of the sense. I think I think in the second half it just wasn't there. First half Texas defense I was completely proud of. The second half I think they got weary. I think they got tired, 
And mm-hmm. I think that when your offense isn't able to match your intensity and what you're doing uh-uh, on the other side of the ball and that energy, that hurts your team overall. So we'll talk about what went wrong with the offense on the other side because that is very important as to why the Texans gave up 34 points and only scored 10 points. And since this is the start of the new year, if you are like, you know, you Texan fans, if you're like the Houston Texans, that uh, they are going to need some new workers. They're going to need somebody else, maybe coordinator, maybe position coaches. They're going to need some new employees in that building. Uh, They're no different than every small business owner, which is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that will take my business or franchise to the next level in 2024? So small business owners, listen up. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is quick and easy. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. John, we are sit- we are about to discuss what went wrong for the offense. And I'm not, I don't want us to talk about nothing with CJ, Bobby Sloy, the run game or anything. The number one thing that went wrong for this offense was penalties. <laughs> Plain yeah, and simple. Disciplined football is something that Coach D'Amico Ryans has talked about ever since training camp. And to, to your to your penalty point, I had this in my notes, so I know we was on the same page, <laughs> just like everybody else. The Texans tied for the most penalties in a first half in a playoff NFL playoff game since 2000. So that's 24 years. And Coach D'Amico Ryan's even talked about it in this post-game press conference. Mm-hmm. The penalties really hurt us. It ain't nothing. It had nothing to do with the crowd. That's on us. Message to our guys. Uh, was it about execution? We were not disciplined in pre-snap. So I, 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 I honestly agree. don't know what was going on with their mindset at the start of the game. I mean, in the first quarter alone they gave up six penalties for 40 Mm -hmm. yards and i asked cj after the game how much did the penalties impact you guys just trying to get into the rhythm and cj just flat out said you saw the game like it hurt us a lot he said there was moments in that first quarter where we are getting into a rhythm we're establishing ourselves and then next thing you know penalty penalty he said it's hard to move the ball when you consistently being third and long man and i honestly do believe this was one of those games john where i kept thinking to myself if they could just get into a rhythm if they could just get into a rhythm they'd be good but then and it was never it it was it was never established. We go back to the 10-10 halftime. Mm-hmm. Okay? Houston should have had more points in that game from coming from that halftime, of course. The first exactly. Half. You look at the second drive alone, first and 15. Okay, now they're behind the six. The Texans continue to find themselves behind the sticks in the first half when the game mm-hmm. was in reach and the points were needed. Second drive, first and 15. Same drive, third and 16. Same drive. Third and 21. Third drive, first and 15. Same drive, third and 13. This was a trend for Houston. 
And we talked about what trends, right? That was the episode. What trends did the Houston Texans need to continue with or stay mm-hmm. away from? And what did we say? The first time they played the Baltimore Ravens, it was eight penalties. They need to cut that down. They had 11 penalties in this game for a total of 70 yards affected their, their, the outcome of the game. That was, I think, the number one. The number one. And then when you look at, okay, game tied, close game, come out of half. After the Ravens come out of halftime and score, the Texans' offensive drives were stalled and stale. They had the <laughs> five-minute drive that led to nothing. And you know what killed that drive? I, I mean, you you don't want to get Bobby Schluck and, you know, discussion with C.J. Stroud. I honestly don't think that <laughs> the blame should be placed on C.J. Stroud, and I'll tell you guys why in a little bit. But the game, I think, was, was gone. The game was lost after the double reverse flea ficker. Mm-hmm. The double, which, which, the which double, was a good play, reverse. by the way. I'm okay. Here's here's why I'm against that play call. I'm against the play call because I think that was a point where it's too early. You still have a shot. The Texans were only down seven at that point, mm-hmm. but just go 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 punch them in the mouth. You just punch the Browns in the mouth. You just you punch teams in the mouth this. Year you punch some playoff teams in the mouth this year, so getting cute, and I think that falls under the Shanahan tree because Mike McDaniels does it all the time, and I hate it. But getting too cute that early, I thought was out of line and unnecessary. When you have opportunities, line it up and and do a better job of combating that Ravens defense. Because you know, Cody, what I like to do the first three drives every game, I do the first three drives on the offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball. And for the offensive side of the ball, every point I said the Ravens defense fast, fast, fast. Mm-hmm. I think they were just faster than the Houston Texans. They were processing everything faster than the Houston Texans. I think when you look at Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith and how fast those guys are at the linebacker core, they make a lot of things difficult for a quarterback, a young quarterback, in terms of being able to disguise coverages and just figuring out who's out there on the field. But back to the drive killers and Houston's offense not being able to sustain drives, they come out after the Texans, uh, the Ravens score. Five minutes, right? They don't score. 53 seconds, a minute 15, 156. The Texans only held the ball for 23 minutes, and the Ravens held the ball, as I'm looking right here, the time of possession was nearly 38. And so you look at the Texans' defense to go back to it. How did you guys give up 34 points? I'm tired. I'm on the field a lot. Our offense is stale. They're not able to sustain drives. And I think Bobby Schlock was ultimately unable to combat that Ravens defense, which was extremely fast. And no wide receiver could create any separation to get open. Nico Collins, five catches, 68 yards. Every other receiver, there was only two, Robert Woods and Xavier Hutchinson, combined four, eight targets, three catches, three yards. Nobody else was able to step up for this Houston Texans offense. And I think that is ultimately what led to the Houston Texans offense not being able to score more than 10 points. Penalties, drive killers, not being able to sustain drives. And and your quarterback is trying to find somebody to give the ball to downfield. Houston didn't have no big shots because nobody was able to get open. 
So unfortunately for Texan fans, the season is officially over. They'll be doing um, exit interviews this week. Some guys you may see come back for next season. Some guys you may not see come back next season, whether that's players or coaches. But there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. I guarantee when you place a $5 bet, that's 150 bucks, win or lose. The app is easy, by the way. You got so many different ways to, uh, to place bets. Live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet layup or walk-in TD. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. What we try to do here, you see, I'm at home. <laughs> Cody is not at home, man. The I'm, I'm in the hotel the in, in Baltimore. <laughs> where it's super cold at, by the way. It's still cold, like man. 11 degrees, they said, according to the TV. But, uh, you know, just just we were able to have a winning season. And we were able to take from the franchise. We were able to take from what we saw on the field. Going back to training camp, going back to rookie OTAs and training camp and, and the preseason, during the season, and take some of the energy that we were feeling and, and receiving and getting from the fans. And so as this season is officially over mm-hmm. for the Houston Texans, which is something that a lot of people thought would be said two weeks ago. Some people would have counted the Houston. Like week 10, it would have been over for Houston, right? Kind of like the Carolina Panthers, where it's just like, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about the playoffs. Don't even, just get ready for next year. Looking back on a great season, Cody. Man, for me, it's – I hate to bring this up, but I'm going to go ahead and do it because I think it's the perfect example to showcase how different the Texans are. Uh, this is their first ALC Divisional Round contest since 2019. We already knew what, what took place then. But when they walked out of Arrowhead Stadium that, that, that day after blowing that big lead, that game was the pinnacle, was the start of a three-year downfall that started the rebuild. Three, four years later, they've gotten eliminated in the same round. But instead of starting on a decline, this team has nowhere to go but up. Coach D'Amico Rhines talked about it. C.J. Stroud talked about it. I talked to, to, to Khalil Davis on the side. Almost everybody in that locker room, yes, they was extremely disappointed about not getting to Vegas, not winning the championship and all that other good stuff. And Coach D'Amico Rhines said, look, we're we not about to take no more victories. We did not accomplish what we set out to do. And I love that, by the way. But this team has literally built a foundation for sustainable success, and I and I want to make sure I point out sustainable success because I know a lot of people are talking about oh Cinderella run, oh you know the Texans surprising people and all that other good stuff. But John, just like what I said last week, man, I don't want to call this a Cinderella run because a lot of times you take a look at a Cinderella team, a Cinderella player, whatever the case might be, they don't sustain that 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 level of success. This is basically the peak of what they're ever going to experience. This is not what the Houston Texans have. 
They have built a solid foundation that's going to last them, hopefully, for the next decade or so. And not only that, C.J. Stroud and Costa Mico Ryan's also talked about that there, that there is finally a high standard set within this franchise for the returning players and for the players that's coming in. And, of course, they well exceeded expectations. But this 2023 season is going to be looked at as this is the start of something special for this franchise. I'm looking back at this great season, emphasizing great season. Hmm. And you do not win in this league without what? A quarterback. A quarterback. For Houston, they hmm. got themselves a quarterback, uh, which is something too. <laughs> this franchise hasn't had. I mean, you look at the 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 merry-go-round of quarterbacks since Deshaun Watson left. Hmm. Davis Mills, Tyrod Taylor, Taylor Davis hmm. Mills. Jeff Driscoll, a combination of both. Kyle Allen was in the mix. <laughs> a lot of mediocre, below mediocre quarterback play. And mm-hmm. the moment you find your quarterback, 10 wins, AFC South champs, wild card win. So when I look back on this great season, the season doesn't start in August. The season started in April mm-hmm. when the Texans drafted C.J. Stroud then mm-hmm. had the balls to draft, trade up, and go draft Will Anderson. Mm. And, and, and I think that this team had a hell of a run, man. man. A hell of a run. Uh, you saw a growth from guys like we're looking on the field. I, I may be gushing over this player for a long time now. But you saw a growth and development in guys like Christian Harris. You saw a growth and development and a guy that needed a quarterback to show the world what he could do and his fan base and his franchise what he could do, Nico Collins. You saw growth and development from Nick Casario as a general manager. You saw the growth and development uh, of so many different important pieces of this team that allowed this team to get to 10 wins. So when you look back on this great season, it's all about growth and development. You found your diamond in the rough for a lot of people because a lot of people, maybe non-football players, maybe non-athletes, maybe 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 football nerds, I don't know what to call them, but a lot of people put a lot of stock into an S2 test. A lot of people put a lot of stock in things that had nothing to do with what happens on the field. And the Texans ignored all of that. Wherever, whoever made the pick to go whatever, however they did it, it was ignored. CJ is your quarterback. And then now you're looking and saying, well, we got a stud in Christian Harris possibly for the next several years. We got a stud in Nico Connors possibly for the next several years to play alongside mm-hmm. uh, quarterback CJ Stroud. And I also would say before the injury, still after the injury, you know, he's going to come back probably 10 times better. Tank Dale. Nico, uh, Nick, Nick Serio trading up for, excuse me, Tank Dale. And this was a Tank Dale type of game because nobody else was able to get open. And you saw the effect that Zay Fly was able to have for that offense in, in a mini way because they didn't pass a lot and they didn't need to. But this was a game where if nobody else would have gotten open, you would have saw Tank Dale get open because of his running ability. So just look back on shutting up the haters, shutting them up developing players and 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 just 
getting back to a good brand of Texans football. Larry Tulsa can't have that many false starts uh, penalties no more. I'll tell you that. I, I've been saving that. I don't want to say it, but this was a great brand, a new brand. The Patriots South is out the door. This was a great brand of Texans football that the city and franchise and fans has been deserving to see for quite some time, guys. Thank you for listening and watching the Locked On Texans podcast. Do not be discouraged by their loss, guys. And, 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 and please understand that here on the Locked On Texans podcast, you have a reporter that flew to Baltimore in terrible degrees, by the way, to make sure that he's able to bring to you what he's seeing through his four eyes. And then you got a guy like me, like four eyes. We, we got eight eyes that we're bringing on this show, right, between the two of us. <laughs> but thank you for listening and watching the Locked On Texas podcast. Do not be discouraged. Understand that this team will get better. Understand mm. that now Houston is a destination spot. Houston has always had the, the pretty women, the, the nice mm. lifestyle, the good mm. sales tax, you know, the state tax with, the, with, with contracts and everything. But now you got a quarterback, Right. So things will get better. This team will be more competitive. This team will fix issues. This team will be back, no doubt mm. about it. And, and, and I think you have your quarterback for the next decade plus. Be sure to subscribe, like, and, and, and comment on the Locked on Texas podcast YouTube page and give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Boy, was this a great ride. Amazing ride. Man. Amazing ride for the Texans uh, this year. If you are watching, if you got to this point, throw your H's <laughs> up in the YouTube comments. Throw them up in the YouTube comments. Man, I hate knowing it's over. But as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Throw the H's up.